The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care, 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News and World Report. More information is available at clevelandclinic.org slash rankings. Good morning. I'm James Homan from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, August 23rd. In today's news... Betsy DeVos might let schools use federal money to buy guns for teachers. Brett Kavanaugh may have leaked sensitive grand jury information to the press. And the White House is trying to use the murder of an Iowa college student to refocus the national conversation on immigration. But first, the big idea. Michael Cohen's guilty plea raises the likelihood that he will attempt to leverage the secrets he knows about Donald Trump. Lanny Davis, an attorney for the president's former fixer, went on a media blitz in the wake of Cohen's guilty plea. He repeatedly floated the idea that Cohen is willing to be a witness against Trump and his associates in state and federal investigations, including the special counsel's probe into Russian interference in the 2016 campaign. New York's state tax collection agency took Davis up on that. On Wednesday, a spokesman for the agency said it had issued a subpoena to Cohen for information related to an investigation of Trump's charitable foundation. Cohen reportedly responded by personally calling the agency to see how he could help. Potentially more significant, Davis repeatedly said Cohen would be willing to assist Bob Mueller and suggested that he may be able to tell Mueller that Trump had advanced knowledge of the hacking of Democratic emails. We're also learning more about why Cohen decided to flip after saying just a few months ago that he would take a bullet for Trump. Prosecutors had testimony from Cohen's accountant and business partners, along with bank records, tax filings, and loan applications that all contained copious evidence of potentially serious bank and tax fraud. These implicated not only Cohen in potential criminal activity, but also his wife, who files taxes jointly with her husband. That meant that she could have gone to jail too if he didn't cut a deal. Prosecutors also promised Cohen leniency. If he didn't cooperate, he would have faced nearly 20 criminal counts. Instead, he pleaded guilty to eight counts. Adding to the pressure, David Pecker, who runs the National Enquirer, had provided prosecutors with details about the hush money payments that Cohen arranged, including Trump's direct knowledge of the deals. The Wall Street Journal reports that one personal turning point for Cohen was a conversation he had with his father, Maurice, a Holocaust survivor. Cohen's father urged him not to protect the president, saying he didn't survive the Holocaust to have his name sullied by Donald Trump. Meanwhile, The White House struggled yesterday to craft a cohesive response to the Cohen news. Some in Trump's orbit see this week as an unsettling inflection point, while others insist it's yet another opportunity for the self-described counterpuncher to prove his resilience. But at least for now, at least for a day, Trump resisted lashing out in a dramatic and public way. Instead, Wednesday was a moment for calculation and conversation in the West Wing, a pause for a rattled administration. Several advisors who spoke to Trump said he seemed more frustrated than furious, more sad than screaming. But those who know Trump best 
No, that won't last. Looking ahead, one big open question is whether the president will move to pardon Paul Manafort, his former campaign chairman who was convicted of eight counts on Tuesday. A juror from Manafort's trial revealed that the jury was ready to convict Manafort on all 18 charges, but one lone holdout prevented that from happening. The juror, Paula Duncan, told Fox News that the holdout harbored reasonable doubt, even after they went through the evidence over and over again. Duncan told Fox, quote, I didn't want Paul Manafort to be guilty, but he was, and no one's above the law. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos is seriously considering allowing schools to use federal funds to purchase guns for teachers. Trump's appointees at the department think they've found a loophole in a federal grant program that could let them divert money that was intended to be spent in the classroom for weapons instead. DeVos is poised to approve plans from states and even local districts to use grant funding for firearms and firearm training. Her lawyers think they can get away with this until Congress clarifies the law or bars such funding through legislative action. Considering the NRA's influence on Capitol Hill, that's unlikely. Number two, Senate Democrats believe Brett Kavanaugh potentially crossed several legal lines by leaking information to the press in the 1990s when he was Ken Starr's deputy during the investigation of Bill Clinton. Interviews with people who dealt with Kavanaugh at the time and documents relating to his confirmation show the nominee was a savvy Washington source. He dealt with conspiracy theories about the Clintons and then White House Deputy Counsel Vince Foster's suicide. He found ways to defend the investigation's integrity against broadsides from the Clinton White House by cultivating journalists. Kavanaugh acknowledged last month that he has been a source for reporters. A federal judge in Washington has ordered the release of a sealed 1999 report on alleged grand jury leaks from Starr's office, saying that the 62-page report must be made public no later than Friday afternoon. Number three. White House officials and Republican lawmakers are trying to use the murder of Molly Tibbetts to refocus the national conversation on illegal immigration and away from the conviction of Manafort and Cohen. Tibbetts, a 20-year-old student at the University of Iowa, disappeared last month while jogging, sparking a high-profile search. A 24-year-old Mexican national was charged with her murder this week. At a rally in West Virginia on Tuesday, Trump used Tibbetts' death as evidence for the need to crack down on illegal immigration. You heard about today with the illegal alien coming in, very sadly, from Mexico. And you saw what happened to that incredible, beautiful young woman. Should have never happened. Illegally in our country. And at the beginning of Wednesday's press briefing, Sarah Huckabee Sanders highlighted Tibbetts' death rather than addressing the convictions of Manafort or Cohen. But a member of Tibbetts' family is unhappy about the White House using her death this way. Sam Lucas, a distant cousin of Tibbetts, tweeted her fury at conservative commentator Candace Owen for emphasizing that she was killed by an undocumented immigrant. Lucas told the Washington Post, quote, He did happen to be a person who was here without documentation. But that has nothing to do with the fact that this man is a demon and an evil man who took the life of Molly. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, August 23rd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Homan. I'll talk to you tomorrow.